Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Michael Sinclair, Associate Pastor at SGT and your SGT Podcast host. Today's guest is Pastor Scott Fowler. He's the Assimilation and Discipleship Pastor at SGT. He came on to discuss how to have a healthy secret place with the Lord. Our culture and lifestyles make it so difficult to find that special time with Jesus. And Pastor Scott walks us through healthy ways to keep seeking what God has for us each day. God bless you, and thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the SGT Podcast. My name is Pastor Michael Sinclair, and I am your SGT Podcast host. And today, I have the very honorable Pastor Scott Fowler with me. Feel free to say hi, Pastor Scott, from your home there. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Nice. So he's coming at us from uh, his, actually, it looks like his office there. I see a cathedral of books behind you. Yes. Yeah. He is the Assimilation and Discipleship Pastor at Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle. He is also the author of two books called, one, Contending for the Habit of Daily Prayer, and the second is called Life in the Middle. So we are very excited to have him on today to talk about contending for the secret place and wanting to make sure that we spend that proper time with the Lord as he's doing his absolute best to speak to us, making sure that we create that time to hear from him. So, Pastor Scott, uh, I know you've been listening in on some of the previous podcasts that we've been having. And uh, in the one that we did with Pastor Ted, uh, and also uh, the first one we did with uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Stephen, uh, both of those guests, all those guests talked about healthy rhythms at home. And I know a lot of people we're struggling at first saying, okay, how do I really dive into my quiet time with the Lord uh, in this new kind of crazy schedule that we're having? And some people might have been thinking, well, I have all this time in the world. It's just going to be super easy. And now here we are three, four weeks in, and they're still struggling to have that quiet time. And others may have started to have that quiet time uh, and have, have now found themselves kicked out of it. Maybe it's because of old habits or new things that are popping up. So how do we create that healthy, quiet time uh, if we have not had it. And if we have had it and feel like we're kicked out of it, how do we kick those habits that are trying to kick us out of that special, intimate time with the Lord? So I'm going to turn this over to you, Pastor Scott. I know you have a lot of wisdom to share. All right. Well, so thanks, first of all, for letting me be a part of this. I'm uh, excited to be on with you on the podcast. And um, let me just say, first of all, the, the reason I wrote the book um, is actually in the title, Contending for the Habit of Daily Prayer. On the front of the book is uh, a, one, one, someone who becomes a martyr, and he's praying. On the back of the book is a lion getting ready to eat him. So that actually uh, explains what trying to be in the secret place is all about. Um, I wrote the book because uh, for myself. I, have, uh, I understand what it is to have a struggle to maintain... Uh, a dynamic, meaningful daily prayer time. Now, you called it quiet time, and a lot of people do call it that, and I think uh, most of us probably were discipled being told to have a quiet time. But um, what I'd like to say about that is it's actually a war, wow. and war is very seldom quiet, right? So um, it, it can be very difficult, but it is possible for us to maintain uh, that, daily entrance into the secret place where we pursue intimacy with Jesus that changes everything. So, uh, but it is difficult. Uh, so I, I wrote the book because um, 
I felt like that what Christ, Christians are afraid to say out loud that they struggle with prayer because we tend to feel like we need to have the right answers. So if someone says, well, prayer is very important, we say, oh, yes, yes, prayer is very important. Or winning the lost is very important. Oh, yes. But we struggle in real life actually maintaining things. So I wrote the book to be honest and say, look, it's tough. So this is for everybody that has discovered that it can be difficult. And that's so good, too, because I know a lot of Christians, you know, some of us have been Christians for you know most of our life, 20, 30 years, and, and those who are even older for much longer. And there, there are more consistently than not ebbs and flows in how well we, we wrestle for that secret place with the Lord. And I know personally when I'm struggling with that, there's, there's a lot of guilt and shame as well. And so you're not just struggling with having your time with the Lord. Now you, you feel like people, you're out there having a prayer meeting with people, you're encouraging others, and you're kind of, you feel like a hypocrite. And then that's where the enemy starts to creep in. So I know this is, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're being so honest about that because it's good for people to hear that even pastors uh, struggle with that. It's something that we all, sure. we all have to contend for. It's not just something that we're trying to teach people. It's a, it's a Christian thing, all Christians. Uh, so yeah, thank right. you for your honesty in that. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I um, few a few years ago, um, somebody who had read the book mentioned um, how they liked it, and but they they loved prayer. They prayed all the time. And they just couldn't stop praying. Prayer was just so wonderful, and it caused me to wonder if they really knew anything about it because prayer that is effectual is something that is going to ring the enemy's bell, and he's going to come after you for it. Wow. So if you're finding your prayer time to be easy. Uh, my guess is is that you're not too much of a threat. Uh, wow, and so when you are praying and you're really pursuing Jesus, now part of part of the the um, point of the book is to say, and it's a little radical for some people and some people have a hard time doing it, but it's to say, put aside the list uh, because what we've been trying to do is we come into prayer, and we, um, uh, we know that we're supposed to uh, worship God first, and then we confess our sins, and then we, you know, do, we be thankful, and then we uh, pray for others, and we pray for ourselves. We do. Well, and that's all good, but th- that's a list that normally hinders us in prayer. So what the, the crux of the book says this, the number one most important thing we can do in prayer is pursue intimacy with Jesus. First, foremost, not about the list, not about ourselves or anybody else. Uh, It's not first and foremost about praying for ministries or the lost or the sick or anybody else. It is first and foremost about a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we pursue that intimacy with Jesus and we trust that by his spirit, he will guide us into praying for all the other things that we need to pray about. Well, that's great because, you know, I'm glad that you brought up the list because it's funny that you mentioned it. It's so, so many people probably do it with the right heart, you know, and they have the right intentions. I want to make sure that I cover all my bases, but now you're entering a personal relationship with a liturgical ceremony of how things are going to be laid out as opposed to just here I am Lord. And so that's, yeah, I would imagine more people if they were honest with themselves do that than don't. Yeah, it's true. And, and a lot of times we've done this for so many years that we, uh, we feel guilty if we don't pray the list. But if you think about the logic of that, if God's number one plan for me is to mention people's names in prayer, I just need, I just need a longer list and I'll just mention people. But that's not what it's about. 
is supposed to be about relationship. Prayer is is not a ministry activity. It is uh, it's a conversation with somebody that we have a love relationship with. So I like to to raise the um, or make the analogy. Uh, if you uh, are in a love relationship with someone, if you're married, of course, it's your spouse. If you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, uh, but and you're so madly in love with that person, but you've only got one minute today to talk to them. When that minute comes, you're not going to spend that time asking them if they can do several chores for you. Yeah. What kind of relationship is that? Yeah, well, you're if gonna you do, you're going to have that. some issues there. <laughs> I say if I if I only had one minute to talk to my wife and I asked her to do the dishes, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a good day for me. You'd be wearing some of those dishes. (laughs) Too true. So that's you know. So why would it be any different with God or you know? And so when we have the time that we have, and and you said you know we do feel guilty. This is not about a certain amount of time. We do suggest in the book. I say we. I guess that's the royal we. I wrote it, but. uh, Yeah. I do suggest it's important that you try to pray, of course, every day, but that you try to pray at the same time and in the same place, only because that helps us to build a structure that, that's harder to interrupt. Yeah. There's not a, ho- a certain holy time of the day, but if I, if I can let the people in my life know I'm going to pray every morning or whether it's evening, I'm going to pray during this time, and I begin to let them know this is what I'm doing with my life. Now I have a chance of cultivating that so that it doesn't get interrupted by people, you know. So the book is filled with, it's really just a practical book uh, saying, you know, step by step, here's how to approach this. And even here are questions for you to ask yourself so that uh, you have the best chance at really uh, staying with it. And, you know, um, if you can do something for 21 days uh, straight, you know, and have help with that, then you are on your way to developing a habit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's easy. It doesn't solidify it, but you can make a habit of daily prayer. Right. Uh, and so that taps into another issue. And that is, is that if we don't feel something, we're not sure we're doing anything, but Jesus said, you know, in Matthew six, if when you go into the room that your prayer room and you shut the door, he's there. That he didn't say if you feel him that he's there, then he's there. No, he's there because you entered in with faith and he's going to answer. So we show up and we trust that whether we feel it or don't feel it, we know that we've been with God. Amen. Now, you, I know you also occasionally uh, will teach classes on these things at our church and that many people have been very blessed by those classes. What would you say, I mean, you know, not necessarily that they're all going to be the same thing, but nine times out of 10 or, or most of the time, 90%, what, what are the things you hear the most about from people? Like, I just feel like I can't create that time. What are the, what are the, the main things that the enemy tries to use or that our flesh tries to give us excuses for why we can't contend for the secret place? Yeah. Well, of course, everybody says I don't have time, right. but that's not correct. Uh, we all have the same amount of time. We have just prioritized that time in a different way. Oh, that's true. So I try to make this uh, example. Uh, let's say someone's got a job and they've got a family and kids, and then they decide it would be great for me if I could get another degree. So they make time in the evening to go to school or online or do whatever it is. Well, 
they did that because that was a priority. So I can do the same thing with prayer if it's that important to me. But the truth is we have to wrestle with, is it that important to me? Do I really believe that the most important thing that I can do as a Christian is to maintain an intimate relationship with Jesus? If I really believe that, then I can make time for that. So time is always the issue. Uh, The other thing is, is people, as soon as you enter the prayer closet or the secret place, um, immediately the enemy hits you with guilt. Here's the last 12 things you did wrong. Here's why you're not worthy. Here, all these things. Sometimes we don't even want to hear the sound of our own voice because we, we really, we probably have a lot of shame and different things from our past. So the enemy always brings it up. It doesn't even have to be the enemy. Sometimes we do the enemy's job for him and we come in and we just have a, a low self-concept, whatever it is. But we have to remember, we're not there because we are perfect. We're there because he's invited us to be there. So there's that scripture that says, uh, lift up holy hands in prayer. Uh, and then people will say, well, you know, you can't go in the prayer closet uh, if, if you have dirty hands. Well, that's not true. What You go to the prayer closet to say, God, here are my hands. They're dirty, and I'm giving them to you and asking you to wash them. Uh, amen. Right? So we don't try to perfect ourselves before we go into the secret place. We understand that going into the secret place, we move closer to God. But we're there because of his righteousness. We're not there because we're worthy. Uh, we're not there because we've done something great and what we've done wrong doesn't keep us out. We just bring transparency and be honest with God about where we are. And we say, I'm inviting you in to everything that's wrong in my life and I'm trusting you to fix it. You know, so there's never a, there's never a reason. Time is not an excuse. Uh, being uh, not perfect is not an excuse because that's that's God's business to work in us. Yes. Um, so. That's, uh, and then the other thing is when we talk about pursuing intimacy with Jesus and, and letting go of the list, the truth is people don't know how to do that uh, because they say, well, what do I do? How do I, how do I, you know, I'm sitting there in my room. I'm not praying my list. I'm not asking for anything, but I'm just trying to pursue a love relationship with Jesus. How do I do that? Well, if you think back to what it was like, uh, you know, with your significant other, you know, your, your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend, and that first, those first uh, times that you met them and talked with them, that's all, those are awkward times. You're deciding how do I, you know, let this person know that I love them or, you know, how do I receive that from them or what do I say? What do I do? And you get nervous and all that. Well, So you do the same thing with God. You sit there and you say, Jesus, show me how to be intimate with you, you know, and we have to trust that he will show us how to do that. And he does. And he will show us what else to do after that. And, you know, you're using it's so interesting. You're using very intimate uh, language. You're using very personal relationship language, like even that that whole like the concept that you could come before the Lord and not know what to say because it's this 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 love relationship, and you're not not quite sure how to begin the conversation. Most people aren't used to thinking about the Lord like sure. that at all. Right? They, yeah. They almost look at the Lord like they look at their favorite pastor, you know. Yeah. But the kind of language that you're using right now, it's so intimate. It's like an awkward intimate for a lot of people, I'm sure, as they're right. trying to really approach this well. 
Well, and it really is, um, it is awkward, but awkward is not bad. And, you know, it kind of segues uh, into the reason I wrote the other book, Life in the Middle. And, and only to say this, that typically as people, we either want it to be our way or we reject it. We don't know how to get in the middle and wrestle with something. Yeah. So I either want to go into the secret place and feel the presence of God and pray my list, or I don't go in at all because I don't know what to do. But what we need to do is go in and sit there and say, okay, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. So I'm just saying to you, Father, you know, in the name of Jesus, I'm here. I've closed the door. I know that you're here. I know that you hear me. And I'm asking you more than anything else. I'm asking you to give me intimacy with Jesus, whatever it takes. And then just love him. Amen. But now what would you say to somebody, Pastor Scott, who says, Pastor Scott, I've been doing that. I, I've been going in tr- consistently now for two weeks, and I just I feel like I'm not hearing anything now. And I'm sure part of your answer is going to have to go with uh, the reason why you chose the word contending, right? But I know True. that there's so many times as a pastor, people come up to you, they go, Pastor Mike, I just I've been going to the Lord. You keep telling me to go. I'm going. I'm not hearing anything. What are in your in your well, wisdom? What would you say to somebody like that? My answer to that would be for that person to ask themselves a very honest question. And that is, are you wanting to hear from God so that you can immediately leave the secret place and go tell somebody a word from God? Mm. Or are you just wanting to be there to have relationship with God? So uh, the problem is I had somebody who was reading the book uh, and they were kind of working through it on their own. They weren't in a class. And uh, so they came back and checked with me after a few weeks. And so I asked them, how is it going as far as pursuing intimacy with Jesus? And they spent five to 10 minutes describing intimacy in terms of their willingness to do things. Mm. Because we have it so ingrained in us that to be, to be connected with God means I'm supposed to be doing something. And that's not intimacy. That's like the guy who comes home and his family says, look, do you love us? He says, of course I love you. I worked 80 hours this week. Yeah. Well, that's great, and it's not that that doesn't mean anything, but but real intimacy requires uh, time with one another, not for the sake of stealing something or taking something or getting something, but of connecting. And that's good because you know, it. I want you know, there's so many people in our congregation who come from homes like that. Here's what sure. I did for you. That's why I love you. Go and enjoy it. I don't have time to talk to you right now. And so they might not even have any kind of bracket, even in their marital relationship, relationship with their kids. They might not have a healthy blueprint for how to enter in. Uh, and so, you know, as we as we wrap up here, I just want to um, maybe ask you just a couple more things. What would, what would you say to somebody who might look at you and honestly say, Pastor Scott, I have a very broken past. I don't know what healthy looks like. What would you say to them? And then what would you say to encourage those people who are they're listening to this right now and maybe instead of hearing encouragement, they might be hearing, yeah. I know all those things. I just not getting it. Like, what would your encouragement be to both of those people? Hey, the Lord really loves you. Here's how you can really enter in well. Well, I have a broken past. So I didn't come into adulthood or I've, I've taken all these years just to get to a place where I can accept grace, right? Mm. So the key for me in prayer, no matter what the obstacle is, is to come to God and say, God, here's my obstacle. 
and, and invite him into that. Amen. So I think we're always trying to, to perfect ourselves before we get to prayer. But prayer offers us the opportunity to say that to God instead of saying to someone else, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been here for two weeks. I'm not hearing from you, whatever it is. That's what we talk to God about and say, God, show me what to do. Um, but, the, you know, Spurgeon said this. He said, pray until you can pray. Mm, wow. So so that's a very basic thing. But it means, OK, if I say, well, I can't pray. Well, then that's what I'm going to start praying about is that's the fact that I'm crazy. having a hard time praying. Wow. You know, so that's a that's a really fundamental uh, thing. Now, tell me the second question, because you asked it earlier as well. And I don't want to miss out. on. Oh, it. no, just and so that's that's great for people who may feel like they don't know what healthy is. But for those people who and I think you kind of answered it just there with that uh, Charles Spurgeon quote, which, which is for those who started and maybe yeah. have not had that. They've they've gotten kicked out of that rhythm. Right. Uh, what might well, be here, here's the thing. Um if we're going into prayer by faith, then your two-week experience is about your emotions, your own perceptions, or whatever, but that's not what God says. Hmm. If we're there by faith, Jesus said, when you go in, you shut the door, he hears you, and he's going to reward you openly. Now, you mentioned contend, and that's true. Here's the thing. This is a lifelong process, and it has ups and downs. You have times when you're doing great, and you have other times uh, when you're not. People that go through this program realize that, oh, I forgot to factor in what was I going to do on my vacation or on my business trip. There's a lot of things that derail us. So what we do every week, uh, it's definitely a no guilt process. Um, in other words, every week when you're working at this, you process it and you and hopefully find a friend. and You say, OK, what was it that derailed me last week? How did I go off the track? Now, how can I fix that? Not a guilt uh, it's not about that. It's about saying, okay, I'm learning how to do this and I'm planning to do this the rest of my life. I'm not expecting perfection today, uh, but I'm going to keep plugging on. And God wants us to pray. So if we ask God to give us prayer and if we pray until we can pray, that's going to happen. Amen. It is absolutely going to happen. Amen. And now you mentioned too, Pastor Scott, you know, it's, it's good to go through uh, the program that you set up or through creating a good, healthy habit with somebody else. Um, but there might be some people listening who don't necessarily have that, but they might not be married. They might be living on their own. They might, be, they might have gotten stuck at school or wherever they are and can't get back right now. And they're finding themselves with a lot of solitary time. Uh, how might they be able to connect with your ministry and the stuff that you're doing? Because uh, I know that you are, have completely moved online uh, to be an encouragement and resource for those uh, who either have help or don't have help. Um, how can they connect with you and what you're doing? Well, immediately for these two books, they don't even have to buy them. They, they are the PDF files for the manuscripts of these books are on a website called thehabitofdailyprayer.com. They can go there, access the books. They can also take a step-by-step um, process through the Daily Prayer Project for themselves, ask themselves the questions. Uh, they can email me and respond to me, and I'll dialogue with them. Um, also, I post on scottythinks.com a lot of times when I have uh, things to say uh, along these lines. My Facebook page, they're welcome to find me there. And we're doing various challenges uh, in the next week or so. We're going to announce how we're going to do the daily prayer tr project online. 
up to this point, it's been for a very small group of people, like an accountability group, but we're going to adapt that to online. So if they're really wanting to do this and be involved with others in it, there's going to be a way to do that here. And we're if they just stay tuned to the uh, Facebook page for the church, they'll figure out the details for that. Awesome. So yeah, maybe you guys have been listening right now and you're like, man, I wish I could have go through a program like that. Well, this is the perfect time to have heard this exactly. podcast because it's coming up really soon. Um, and I'm going to put all that information, all those uh, links in our uh, show notes. So if you guys have clicked on this podcast, you can go to our show notes and you'll be able to see all those links. And I'll even put up uh, Pastor Scott's uh, personal email. Uh, you can yep, connect absolutely. with him. He loves uh, he loves correspondence. I know that uh, firsthand. He's always answering people's questions. People are always coming in and asking him things. So he loves that and encourages that. Pastor Scott, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know there's literally, we literally just scratched the surface. And I really want to encourage everybody who's listening, if you have time to go through that program or connect with Pastor Scott, please do. Because he has spent a lifetime saying, Lord, how do I contend uh, for your for, for the secret place and, and the, your spirit. And he is literally living it out every day trying to teach others. So, uh, Pastor Scott, thank you for all that you do. God bless you, sir. You're a real blessing. And I really hope that everybody that's listening connects with you soon. Thanks for having me on. And really, any questions, just tell them to send me an email or find me, and I'd love to hear from them. We'll do. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Scott and everybody else. God thank bless you. you, and we'll catch you next week. Enjoy it, brother. Thanks. Wow, there was so much in this episode. I know that I personally am encouraged to really contend for more than just a list when I go to pray. I want that deeper and more intimate relationship that Jesus offered us when he went to the cross. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and take the time to look up some more of what Pastor Scott is doing to lead us into those special times with our risen King. We hope you were blessed by this episode and we look forward to meeting you again in our next one. God bless you and thanks for listening.